Hey everybody, welcome to the Amazon Book Club. This week we're reading Fat Vampire 3, All You Can Eat by Johnny B. Truant. This is our third episode in the Fat Vampire series, so fill that big gulp up with human blood and strap in. It's a long one. Sarma. Hey, I'm Shane Burklow. And this week, we're reading a book called Fat Vampire 3, All You Can Eat by Johnny B. Truant, our favorite author. Yeah, I love these books. Johnny B. is, he's a hero to us now. This is our third fat vampire. Uh, It's our fourth Truant book, third fat vampire. Yeah. So for all you fat vampire heads out there, hopefully this will satiate your desire for more. But before we get into the book, there's a little breaking news in the Amazon Book Club world. We've launched a Patreon account. We have bonus episodes, two bonus episodes every month. And if you want to join, go to, what is it? I believe patreon.com slash AMZN book club. That yeah, sounds right. We should confirm it. that. But that's yeah, it. That's it. And if you give us $5 a month, you'll get two extra episodes per month in addition to the ones we release weekly. So come on in. The first step that we did was uh, we super did, fun. Yeah, Jurassic Park. So clear your afternoon for that one. It's, it's like six and a half hours long. Frankly, it's too long. But hey, we're, we're just messing around. So yeah, also there's... There's a chat room you can join. We have a chat room. It's bumping right now. The hottest spot on the internet. It's like a 90s style AOL chat room. It is. A lot but of, it's uh, a safe space. It's a lot of cyber, this is so a cyber it's room. Not like. <laughs> uh, active. You're very active in that one uh-huh. by yourself. Yeah, it's just me. But I'm hoping for a second. Yeah, so join up. Oh, and if you join at the, uh, there, there's a second tier. If you join there, you get, uh, we're going to have merch soon. And we're yeah. Gonna, uh, we're going to start selling merch. So I'm basically. I'm going to draw some stuff. Yeah, we're going to start pumping out some shit for you to buy. If you can't tell, we want money. We're trying to monetize. We're out of the red now, officially, into the black. Well, if we're going back, I got a lot of Uber receipts, buddy. Wait, what are these colors? Is it like karate belts? Yeah. Yep. You're a black belt already. Yeah, well, I am. We're, we're learning, you and me. We're gold belts. Well, Austin's a green belt, which is one step above gold. Oh. What am I? You're a gold belt. What? Oh, hear yeah. that? I'm gold, baby. Well, it's, we just... Have you seen Austin break boards? Green's better. Yeah. I break boards in my spare time at home. Uh, sometimes in public, sometimes in private. I do it for the love of the game, not for the adulation. So, anyway, Ganesh, how about you rip off the synopsis of Fat Vampire 3? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah? I think there's two things that need to happen. Okay. First, I think you know what you got to do. What? You bashful doggy. What do I do? You say what we do on this podcast. You want me to say what we do on the podcast? You do it every week. Just say it. Say oh, it oh right. Okay. What we do on this podcast is uh, we read a free ebook from Amazon Prime. We read the first page, the 25% mark, the 50% mark, the 75% mark, and the last page of the book. And then we uh, put it on the internet for free, except sometimes now we make you pay. That's it for that's it for what we do on the podcast. What was the second thing you think we should do? Well, I think we should cover a little backstory about Fat Vampire. Oh, you mean talk a little bit about what we recall from past episodes? Yeah. Where did we leave off with the... Uh, what's his name like rascal or something yeah rascal flats so in the first episode uh rascal uh, fats oh come on in the first episode of fat vampire i believe what happens is a a, a mild-mannered let's say husky gentleman who wasn't very happy with his life 
was bitten by a coworker who happened to be a vampire. Ironically, worked at a treadmill store as a salesperson. You'll notice in these books, there's a lot of uh, subtle humor like that. It's called truant satire. Uh, yeah, so in that book, a rotund man became a, fa- a vampire, a fat vampire. Yeah, once you get bit, you stay that way. Yeah, and he just happened to be carrying an extra little love. Yeah, why not? Some holiday weight. A couple holidays. So when you're a fat vampire, you can't lose weight. You're just always that weight. Also, we determined you can grow hair very fast. Uh, don't recall that in the traditional vampire lore, but I'm willing to buy it for truant. And I think the only other thing is that Charles Barkley is somehow a part of this vampire now, universe. He shows up in the second well, book. The, there's like a whole vampire society that shuns that vampire because, and they don't like him because of his weight. You're jumping it. I mean, now we're getting into perfect segue. This is what happens in the second book. Fat Vampire navigates the bureaucracy of the vampire underworld and turns out, much like mere mortals, there is some discrimination against people of his caliber, per se. Yeah, he's ostracized. His weight, I mean. They don't like him because he's not good looking, and they're all apparently really good looking. They don't say that he's not good looking. They just say that he is fat. fat. Oh, He could be hot as hell. Mm -hmm. He's smoking under there. You see vampires, they're all shiny, glittery, beautiful smiles, uh, blue eyes, just uh, gorgeous. This guy just happens to be fat, too, which is, some would say, an improvement. Maybe better. Maybe I like that. He has a sidekick named Maurice. Whoa, I forgot about Maurice. Oh, yeah. Maurice is like the one that turned him. Yeah, he's the vampire co-worker that bit him, right? Something, yeah, something like I that. I think that's right. Don't make me doubt myself, Ganesh. Anyway, so that's, yeah, that's Fat Vampire. And now we're about to dip into the third one. So is it now time? Can Ganesh read us the synopsis? Of yeah, Fat you did a 3? good job. Thank you. I'm tired. So this is Fat Vampire 3, All You Can Eat. Immortality has met its match. Ever since the Ring of Fire, the world's vampires have seen their mortality. They won't live forever after all. Not if the angels who created them decide to snuff them like candles. I I don't call the Ring of Fire, but we should probably should have re-listened to our own episodes. I think it was on like the Billboard top charts mm-hmm. in like 1960s? Oh, 61? 60s? That sounds right. My mistake. It was a country western tune. Beautiful. Beautiful Johnny Cash. Song. Love the guy. You know. Yeah, Hurt. Best famous for uh, Joaquin Phoenix. What do the angels want? What did their command to restore balance truly mean? For most, the angels' decrees mean mass murder and mass turnings. The humans aren't sheep won't just lie down and take it forever. As Deacon Maurice tries to maintain order with Reginald by his side. Reggie. Reginald, that's that's the fat vampire. Good call on Maurice. I didn't remember him. I didn't remember his name. I remember the character, but you knew. Panic consumes the vampire nation. The center begins to fall apart and chaos grows like cancer. But as war between vampires and humans threatens, Reginald begins to discover strange new abilities within him to navigate through blood history like no other (laughs) vampire before him. Damn, man. The first fat vampire, I got to say, was uh, kind of a joke. It's like a novelty book. It was like, you know, exactly what you think a book called Fat Vampire would be about. Just the pitfalls of being fat and a vampire. But it seems true. And he's diving deep into the backstory of the lore yeah. is coming alive. Now there are angels and yeah, they're responsible what? for the vampires. That's fucking crazy. That's cool. This is beautiful, truant style world building. And uh, I encourage you guys to 
read a little bit more Truant's work out there. Fear has reached its tipping point. Damn War it. is close. <laughs> There's more synopsis. <laughs> Reginald might hold it. You shouldn't have. <laughs> to the angel's mystery, but whatever could help him intervene just might be too late. The fresh twist on the tired old undead myth is the third in the Fat Vampire series by Johnny B. Truant, author of many best-selling series, including Invasion. There's a bunch after Invasion, but Invasion's the one we read. We read that. Man, and it was yeah. good. Can we change it? This is the Truant book club. I think Johnny B book club, Johnny. That's what the B stands for. All right, let's jump into the first page of fat vampire three. Yeah. Fat vampire page one, chapter one, number one. Ganesh go chapter one strippers. Oh, we might have to bleep this one out, folks. Reginald was getting tired of bumping into strippers. Oh, because he's he's so fat. He said to one of them the fourth time he ran into her next to the island in his kitchen. You're going to have to stop getting between me and my refrigerator. And then he flashed his fangs at her. I imagine like a gold coin noise happens when he flashes his fangs. Really? Like a Super Mario, like ding, ding. or like the uh, effect they do in Home Alone with Joe Pesci's gold tooth. Yeah, that's Ooh. what I'm thinking. All right, I can see it. Put that in there. And then he flashed his fangs at her. Are you a vampire? Said the girl. Yes. My manager's a vampire. She said. The stripper's manager was across the room, wedged between the ottoman and the wall. His name was Vito. What are you doing over there, Vito? Sit on the ottoman, Vito. And he had a giant feather in his hat. Oh, (laughs) looking good. Jaunty. I respect this guy. He was as much a Ganesh. I'd wear a feather in my hat. You have uh, a feather in my baseball cap. You project the feeling of constantly having a feather in your cap, despite <laughs> never wearing a cap at all. I feel like if this guy had a cap on, surely there'd be an extra large feather. My plumage is extravagant. I would <laughs> say, yeah, for uh, sure. It's not often you see a man just write his own tombstone like yeah. that. <laughs> it was, that was uh, probably the best thing that's ever come out of this my podcast. My plumage was Excellent. Extravagant. Extravagant. Well, I'm going to get you a hat. Maybe that's an idea for the merch store, huh? Feather in the cap? Yeah, just a big hat with a big gnarly feather like on it. Peacock feather. Yes. One yeah. big one. An ostrich. Then on big letters it says, follow hashtag Amazon book club today. And then it has QR codes for all of our social media. <laughs> That'll look great. It'll look good. Sharp. He was as much a vampire as Reginald was a swimsuit model. And Reginald, who would be 350 pounds of bloodsucker until the end of his nearly immortal life, was no swimsuit model. Aww. Come on. Maybe they just haven't made the right swimsuit for him. Yeah. The vampire one piece. Covers you up in the sun. What color would that be? Blood red? Oh, yeah. Like a deep wine? Cherry. reversible. One side's black, the other side's red. Mm. That's pretty cool. I like it. Okay. Take this to the shark tank. Nikki raised her arm from across the room. Hey, Raven Exotica, she said. Come on over here, dear. Raven Exotica, whose real name Reginald suspected might not actually be Raven Exotica, walked over to Nikki. Nikki guided the girl down to the floor, bent over her neck, and sank her fangs into her. What's happening here? It sounds like... You remember like, Nikki from the last book? Yeah. They are like in a piano bar for a while with her, and she was sure. like flirting with everybody. Well, who's the Raven, whatever, Simone? That's lunch. <sighs> Please, fellows. (laughs) We're threatening, Shane. Please. Blood welled under Nikki's lips. A small red drop snaked its way into the hollow at the base of her neck. Tagged her. 
Got her. Don't kill her. Soup son. <laughs> Soup son. I said Reginald. Are we re- 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 rewriting this book? I'm sorry, Mr. Truant. Truant, I, we do not mean any disrespect. Just keep her out of my way. I had to tone there for a second, but don't go interpreting that as me desiring murder. Reginald had learned a lot about being a vampire in the 11 months he'd been one. Oh, we're not even at a year yet. Nice. Okay. Yeah, three books in the span of a year. All right. I get That's fine. It yeah. works for me. I tr- and Truant, we trust. Reginald had learned a lot about being a vampire in the 11 months he'd been one, and one handy tip was that it was almost always a bad idea to drain humans until they were dead. You sucked out a bit more blood than the Red Cross would. You sealed the wound with a drop of your own blood, you glamoured them into forgetting you, and you sent them on their way. Doing it that way was much cleaner than murder. Simple. He's grown. He's come a long way. I recall in past books he was chasing down school children and trying to and failing yeah, at that. And trap them. He's learned it's not about the feast if you just snack all the time. That's true. He's grazing. Yeah, six small meals a day instead of three yeah, big ones. They do say that's healthier for you, right? Keeps things moving. Yeah. Get those bowels working. Well, is that that's all he eats though, right? Is blood. They don't eat food? No, food will make him barf, bud. Uh, man, imagine being fat but also not being able to eat food. That's like the worst of everything. But you still have cravings. It's just blood. It's just blood? Yeah. Really? If, we, if he just like ate a cheeseburger, it would make him throw up? Totally. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Shane seems sure of it, though, so I guess I trust him. Well, also, you know, these books always throw me for a loop. I have a pretty well ingrained idea of vampire stuff. Yeah. You, you did go to grad school. Well, I didn't, but I did take a Twilight literature class. Doing it that way was much cleaner than murder and usually invited no comeuppance from the authorities. These days, the sip and ship method of feeding was the norm. Ooh. I'm sorry, what'd you say? The sip and ship. Sip and ship. Oh, with a P. I say the sit and shit. Sip. Sip and shit? Sit and sip, right? Sip and sit. No, you sit when you sip. I'm lost. Method of feeding was the norm. There were still vampires who killed, of course, but most of them were sociopaths who would have snapped back when they were human. It was perfectly legal by vampire law to kill humans. Well, that's all I care about. But it was increasingly frowned upon. Once, Nikki had compared killing humans to smoking. Oh, boo-boo. Yeah, you gotta go digital. Can't smoke anymore. No analog No analog cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, jewel, baby. Yeah, that's right. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with inhaling uh, machine smoke into your uh, lungs every day. Well, you can plug it into a computer, Austin. Has that ever been bad for anybody? <laughs> I love to plug this thing into a computer and then breathe all the stuff in it inside <laughs> of me. Mmm. <laughs> mm, the future. Feels good. It was still acceptable, but less and less in vogue as the years went on. Sipping and shipping also sat well with Reginald's conscience. Less than a year ago, Reginald had been human. Just a few months ago, Nikki had been human. They'd been upstanding people back then, and the fact that they now needed human blood to survive hadn't changed the fact that neither enjoyed spilling it unnecessarily. I'm not going to kill her, said Nikki, rolling her eyes. Wouldn't you just open, like, a blood donation bank under the guise of, like, being a medical thing? That takes capital. (laughs) Oh, you're right. There is no, uh, yeah, they need some sort of... uh, Think of the paperwork. They need an angel investor to get Well, you know, if our Patreon blows up, we can start a little blood bank for you. Oh, yeah. I'd love to drink blood in my spare time uh, in a way that didn't cause people pain. Well, you could be like one of those Silicon Valley guys. You could just replenish... Replace my blood with young blood. Yeah. I'm already doing that. Been doing that since I was uh, 
in my late 20s. Just, you know, general upkeep, maintenance. My body's a temple and I got to keep it going forever on young blood. Before being turned, Nikki was the kind of person who caught spiders in her house and released them outside rather than stepping on them. Let's stop there. <laughs> you didn't like that? You don't You don't like her approach to spider play? We're getting in the weeds on this storyline. I don't need that. Wow. All right. Ganesh calling an audible here. Doesn't want to get in the weeds. Break out the weed whacker. We're jumping ahead to the 25% mark. A fat vampire. Three. Well, turns out uh, Ganesh was lying. He he jumped out of that chapter because his computer was dying. We weren't in the weeds. Sorry. We were in the fresh cut grass. And he left us out to dry. Anyway, can't change the past. Now we're jumping into the 25% mark of Fat Vampire 3. Sorry. Sorry. Chapter four, missing. Dinner, if that's what it was called, when four vampires drank blood while another gorged himself on pie. Oh, they don't throw up. They eat pie. Oh, that may, that man might be a risk taker. Okay. Uh, it could be a blood pie. <gasps> Ooh, Damn. ever think of that, Austin? I, I actually, it did not. I've never, th I've never thought about that about a pie ever. A blood baker? That's Ugh. scary, huh? That's blood just... orange. Ooh, Austin. I'm sorry. Didn't think about blood orange. Orange in the pie. Concluded on a mediocre note. As was Maurice's tendency, he quickly dismissed the implications of the council's new given away power and began making jokes. Celeste tried to goad him into an appropriately doomed mood, but nobody had the energy to keep pace with Maurice's talent for apathy. He'd been alive for over 2,000 years. Yeah, I'd be phoning it in too if I was uh, that old. And disinterest had gotten him this far. Hell, I phone it in now. Yeah. Look at me. 30 years was just enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, 2000. It's like, what do you, how do you even wait, get out of bed in the morning? You don't. It's yeah, a coffin. I, I swear to you. I, when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like 80% of the time when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> You ever feel that way? Well, that's I don't mean it like a nefarious enough, or a bad way. I'm not like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm at the end of my rope. It's just like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Those are just your grumpy days. That's before you have your young blood pumped into you. That's true. <laughs> they do hook up the, the blood and then I uh, go out for a 16 mile run. What about on a Saturday morning when you wake up? Oh, that's the best day of my life. I wake up, I eat cereal out of the box, no milk. Who cares? Fuck it. It's Saturday, baby. What do you put on? You put on some pepper in? Pepper in. You know, in the old days, sure. In the new days, yeah. <laughs> I like that it went from a sure to a yeah. yeah. Why not? I don't. Yeah, sure. I put on reboot. Man, that's a good one. I put on recess. Well, that's an extremely good one. I put on pepper in, and then it's by that time it's noon. By that time it's um that basketball show with Ahmad Rashad. Yeah, yeah, and, and Summer Sanders. Summer Sanders. Sure, you're right. I just watched VHS tapes of '90s ABC's Saturday mornings. Honestly, somebody that ABC should sell that shit. Yeah, I would good. buy if they were like, "Here's the February volume of one Saturday mornings on ABC." I'd be like, "Yeah." Well, there's I'll a lot. Give I you missed 150 dollars for that. I missed a lot because of fucking dumbass recreational soccer games. Oh, sorry to hear it. Yeah, it was the fucking pits. I, all I wanted to do is watch one Saturday morning. I didn't. My parents didn't make me do physical activity. I just woke up and rolled around. On my, in my own filth. I had to play goalie. Who wants to be goalie? It made you goalie. It's because you're big. You're tall kid. Yeah. How big were you? This big. You were six foot. <laughs> you were a six foot kid goalie on yeah. Saturday mornings. Well, when you're a kid, you want to be goalie because that's the, the least amount of physical activity. No, you don't. Everyone blames you. That's true. 
That's true. Are you kidding me? That says a lot about you. I I don't want to be the goalie in any sport. You want to be the guy in the goal for one thing. So much stress. Basically, it's on you whether or not you win or lose. But I started, it's also a lot less running. I started losing my hair in fourth grade because of <laughs> the pressure of being goalie. Is that what happened? <laughs> they made you goalie and all of a sudden you had a receding hairline? I was stressed out. I know one, one game I didn't allow any goals. And then my mom went out and bought me a Game Boy Color Damn. and Pokemon Red. What? Okay. And then I never... Never played soccer ever again. That makes it all worth it. <laughs> Seriously, that was it. I was like hanging up the cleats. I go out. Yeah, you went out on top. Damn. I was like, I gotta catch them all now. Mama. That's like the equivalent of being carried off the field as like a Super Bowl champion. You left with a Game Boy Color in hand and never came back. Key, like, there he goes. Key lime green Game Boy Color. And you know what? Best part. Season was like halfway through. <laughs> wow. I just quit right then and there. Prima Donna. Uh, I'm done. Well, I got my trophy. I played baseball when I was a kid, and I was so bad that they kept trying me in different positions, thinking I was going to be better at that one. Totally, and I was, made you the umpire. I was bad at all of them. Yep, and then I just <laughs> ran it. And then I tried playing basketball, and then they put me at all the different positions, and turned out I was all bad at all those, too. Then I played soccer, me, and then they guess. put me at, all, at every different position. I was bad at all of those, too. Uh-huh. And you, you got to baseball and basketball, and were like, can I be the goalie? And they're like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, going to be a long road with this one. I've played basketball against you, though, Can you're pretty good. You definitely have the fundamentals. He's funky. No, he can post up. He gets in the right. You get, he's got the right Ganesh footwork. Posts up. Yeah, he yeah, dude. he plays. Like, he plays down the low. post. He's a down low I banger. Post. I can play post. You're a down low banger. You're a big daddy. He throws the bows. He's got the. He's got what it takes. The heart and soul. But you do. You, are you also playing the perimeter? Are you taking shots, or are you mm. purely an inside guy? He's a inside guy, and I notice you do find you look for the pass first, which I like. Shane, I how do you? Oh, he's a pass first. Yeah. Center? Yeah. Playing the post and maybe distributing to the guys on the outside. Well, he's there to box out. All right. The rebounds Boy, back I'm proud out. of you, Ganesh. Shane, I see you as more of like a, I don't want to flatter you, but sort of a LeBron. <laughs> well, when I play against you guys, I'm like the LeBron. <laughs> I see you as a power forward that can shoot, can uh, play make, a little bit of a floor general. I'm more of a point guard. You're a... <laughs> I just happen not to be my, not on my team, buddy. We're changed. We're, you, we got to take that size uh, and work with it. I can drive to the hoop, but you know what? Hmm. I got those handles. I've got good court vision. You've got good handles. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I don't buy it. I am one of the few people that believes that you've dunked. I believe you when you say you've dunked. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but handles. Is I've it because he's gangly? He's like, yeah, his two legs are too long. No, I've got the handles. <sighs> well, you're convinced. Let me, let, me see your, let me see your fingers. You're hard selling you're me on it. Oh, yeah. No, he's got good handles, dude. Dude, Look I, at can, those fingers, man. I can palm a basketball. I mean, I figured when you said you dunked, it little, yeah, I hope you get what you Two hand dunking? Uh, well, that dunk was a two hand dunk. Yeah. Oh, I want you to one hand. I want you I, windmill. I want you to windmill this bad boy. 360. Th- those days are long gone. <laughs> Were those days here? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I think we should all play basketball together. We'll do that on the Patreon. We'll sell tickets to our <laughs> our basketball game. If you donate one hundred and fifty five dollars, we will. Uh, Those are like Knicks tickets, man. Yeah. Well, it's uh, a little more exclusive than a Knicks game. If you ask me, it's a one time only. And we probably a little bit better than the yeah. Knicks too. <laughs> Us versus the Knicks. Oh, I got let's money make, on us. Let's make it happen. Just the three of us and all the Knicks. Like not even on like the whole bench is out there too. There's like eight, <laughs> twelve of them. I think we could handle them. Well, yeah, you got uh, Ganesh banging down low. It's going to be good. <laughs> You're right. You, you got the handles. I will uh, bring out the waters. I'm going to be the, uh, <laughs> be the first boy. 5'11 center. Yeah, you can do it. 
You got it. It's all about the footwork. Anyway, we need the Patreon so you can cover the hospital bills that come after this. Ganesh, yeah, we will be jamming all of our fingers. Ganesh is going to be in a bad way. Not just the fingers are jammed. I'm going to get the yips. I won't be able to play ball anymore. <laughs> you get a mental... <laughs> That's the whole yeah. hang up. That's the, yeah, where the, the, the medical bills are for a sports psychologist, <laughs> so Ganesh can kick his yips. <laughs> mm. Nikki told everyone that maybe Maurice was right, and that they're worrying f- and feeling distraught tonight. This is a song. And feeling. Let me start that over. Sing it. That maybe Maurice was right, and that they're maybe worrying right. and feeling and feeling distraught tonight wasn't going to make any difference tonight. Da, da. Maurice, seeing victory, said something about going with the flow. Reginald was tired from eating an entire cheesecake. <laughs> All right. Okay. So these guys are just gorging on blood and uh, cheesecake desserts. That's a recipe for a tummy ache. <laughs> you never, <laughs> you never want to have that much dairy uh, right before bed. My experience, and with the blood, it's just like turbo fuel. So for the remaining time they had, Maurice insulted Charles's style and haircut and demeanor. Charles, that style is whack, brother. Uh, could this be Charles Barkley? It's gotta be. Well, the Chuckster, come on out, Chuck, Sir Charles. Yeah, so he's a vampire in these books, and a he's a he's in a bestiality. <laughs> they cover that in the and he's, book. and he's in their uh, government. Yes. He's a key leader in the well, government. Of course. He's a natural born leader. And he's probably the biggest one. The biggest vampire? Yeah. I'd guess. Height wise. Secretary of State. Wow. Thank you for looking us in the eyes as you said that. Now I'm looking away for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Avert your eyes. <clears throat> that was the equivalent of the cat shitting, but it was you and it was your voice. <laughs> I earned that one. No, actually, I kind of meant it like I was proud of it. It was a big load. <laughs> big load. <laughs> All of which were easy targets and wondered about the whereabouts of the Incubus Altus. They're still on tour? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Follow me, I used to listen to Incubus in my, on my Walkman CD player in bed it's before I was going to sleep. Thinking about Walkmans is insane now. The fact they, that you would put would skip, you would put the whole like the the only thing that music was on, you would just have in this little machine bouncing around on you, skipping. Now I'm starting to remember why I wore Jinkos. If you had Jinkos, you could fit your entire Walkman in a pocket. Forget the Walkman, you could fit an entire binder of CDs in your pocket. You could, you're like <laughs> yeah. you, your Jinkos were basically like a, the equivalent of a car trunk you can put anything in there yeah but it would still skip Dude, you can't stop the skipping no but that, back then you just kind of accepted it or if like a cd was smudged oh that was the worst oh, yeah, worst the worst do you ever make your friends mix cds i made my yeah. friends mix tapes on cassettes from the radio did you do that dude like, i had once. my friend just had he like bought a brand new computer that could burn cds now and he this is like oh, a sorry. long time. My mistake. And he was like, I'm going to burn some CDs. Come over to my house. We we're like, yeah. And so the first CD he burned for me was the Ludacris album. Holy shit. But some word of mouth. Yeah. He pulled this off of Kazaa, LimeWire. No, he had the CD. That's when you could put oh, he the CD ripped. in. He ripped it. He ripped and burned. But you know, the funny part was it was all ripped into one track. So I had to <laughs> skip forward. <laughs> you had an entire track of the Ludacris CD? Yeah. Damn. You can't skip it because it's uh, it's one, uh, some would say word of mouth is a continuous piece of art that you need to take in. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of skits. There's like eight mm-hmm. skits. It's in a it. concept album for sure. The best rap. Yeah. All rap albums of the early 2000s had like 45 minutes of skits. <laughs> I was like, okay, love this. College dropout. Million th- skits. I think. Why? 
again, we shouldn't even say this on the podcast because this should go straight to the Shark Tank. Is why is there no compilation greatest hits of rap skits? Forget the skits song. Hits. Oh, skits, skits hits. Skits hits. Skits hits. When you think about it, this podcast is basically the opposite of a rap album because we got it's just us, <laughs> us okay. just terrible content for like twenty minutes at a time, uh-huh. and then a really good song, and then oh, more bad I content. See what you're the saying. skits yeah. dominate what is Morris's beautiful album. Correct. Yeah. Oh dear. It's what right. everyone always was clamoring for. We're the filler. More skits. We're the filler, and he's the killer. Damn. And much like that burn CD, it's all one track. Yeah. <laughs> and smudged to hell. Eleven-year-old now said Reginald. She had a birthday last week. Even though Reginald wasn't related to Claire, he had tried very hard to feed on her when they'd first met, and she had saved him from starvation by giving him a bloody steak, and she had been threatened repeatedly by vampires thanks to her association with Reginald, so they had formed an odd kind of kinship. He really should have visited her before now, and probably should have gotten her a present. He made a mental note to do it as soon as possible. Tomorrow, it was really more important to attend the council meeting, seeing as the world was falling apart and all. But after that, gotta say what up to the council. It was Claire time for sure. Before Reginald and Nikki left, leaving a margin large enough to get home before the sun rose, Nikki asked about her intense thirst. <laughs> What's up with that thirst? Reginald is right, said Maurice. It's probably blood ties. Some vampires feel it more than others. But Reginald doesn't have bloodlust. He only has lust for taquitos. Oh, Reggie. Well, they are pretty good. I mean, at this point, who cares? You're not losing weight. Fuck it. You're not gaining weight either. Yeah, if you want to go to a cheesecake factory and have a couple extra cheesecakes. Mm-hmm. We have a little tradition. Yeah. We'll walk over the Williamsburg Bridge. When we get to the other side, there's a 7-Eleven. Get a little jalapeno taquito. Jalapeno cream cheese taquito. Those are the best ones. The only ones really worth eating. They're great. I mean, Monterey Jack's not too bad, um, but yeah. Jalapeno cream cheese is where it's at. Well, said Maurice, my age plus the fact that I'm your maker's maker gives you a deep well of vampire history to draw from. He's his grandfather? What do you call your uh, grandparents? Uh, dead. You could be getting your hunger from any of those who are related to me. Blood isn't just about proximity on the family tree. It's kind of like the random toss that happens with genes, so you never know who your blood will end up being close to. You might feel my maker's maker in your blood at the same strength as you'd feel Reginald, who you'll always feel in your blood, by the way, because he is your maker. Huh, okay. I will also permit you to feel me directly. <laughs> Reginald told Nikki, tossing his head seductively. I have a lot of brothers and sisters. I hope, okay, just because we know the hair shit, I hope when he tossed his head seductively, he grew out a huge mane of Fabio <laughs> hair. He to, went from a, to a whip around. A, a crew cut to a, a Fabio mane in the twist of a of the head. What would that sound effect be? Boy, <laughs> And then a, a bird would come hit him in the face. Wow. Dude, that was crazy. Doing. Fabio got hit in the face on a roller coaster. Yeah. Of all the people, of, of all, all the people. On all the coasters and all the cities and all the world. <laughs> it had to be that one. It had to be me. And that guy with cameras around. Fabio hit in the head with a goose. And during like his only like run a, of like uh, uh, fame. Yeah, right? Imagine, <laughs> yeah, seriously. And I've, now he's just famous now for hitting the goose. Yeah. Of all the times in was his life. Was it a goose? Yeah, it was a Goose. A big honking goose. Of all the times in his life to hit a goose. Yeah, you're right. Right in his prime. Could have been, he could have been 13. He could have been 75. But no, it was like prime time Fabio. I think more people should have seen that as like a sign of from God. Yeah, this is the end. 
That was the mark of end times. These are the end times. We've we found the most handsome man, and I have smacked him in the face with my seed. If you zoom and enhance that footage, <laughs> the blood dripping down. There's blood in that oh, picture. Of course, it spells his, his... the end is nigh. <laughs> Are you shocked that there's blood? Fabio may look like a statue, but he's but a man. He's immortal. If you hit hit in the face, I mean, if that hit me in the face, I'd be dead. If a, Your head would if a goose hit me going 60 miles per hour in the head, and he's just, he walked it off. He you walked don't remember it off. that? He had like, it like broke his nose. He had like a nose. It bleed. broke his That's nose, right. but it he still looks good. He had like that handsome broken nose with a little, just a, a little, uh, uh, theater blood coming out. Yeah, I remember him like looking around and just had blood and like feathers on it. But he still looked good. That's the weirdest moment of my life, actually. Yeah, and of all of our lives. Yeah, it is the weirdest thing that ever happened on Earth. And uh, this guy I, from the fucking butter commercials gets hit in the face. <laughs> <laughs> the bird it's not butter, if you can believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> Man, he should be dead. Maybe he died and we got sent into an alternate world where he lived and we've just been in hell ever since. It looks like it. Wow, man. I meant the butterfly effect of Fabio dying on that roller coaster. We would be living in utopia right now. <laughs> Things would be so much better. Let's stop there. <sighs> Makes Sorry. you think, folks. Sorry, Fabio, but <laughs> I calls it, likes I sees it. Let's jump ahead now to the 50% mark of Fat Vampire 3. The uh, fat, still fat. Jumping in now to the 50% mark of Fat Vampire 3. All you can eat. Chapter 7. Rednecks. Ooh. Oh, boy. Red I bet they're... Yeah, you're going to say red, it, too. With blood. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to step on your toes there. Or if they had hairy necks and they had uh, red hair. Copper. Copper tops. Or perhaps the all you can eat is referring to a golden corral. Austin's favorite. You know what? Restaurant. I've so I've been to Golden Crow with you guys a couple times. Yeah, it's a mess of a place. Yeah. Um, you know what's wild there? Huh? There's the people. There's always like an ambulance parked outside. Well, you got it, just, just in, in case. case. Yeah, it's called the uh, Golden Corral Express. So it's just the <laughs> it's it's a direct line. It's almost like a bus route. They just have an ambulance coming through every half hour. And I well, you I got gotta any? say. I gotta say, no disrespect to the patrons of Golden Corral, but some of these people look like they are going to eat themselves until they die that day. Yeah, you're looking at two patrons of a Golden Corral. That's right, and I plan on dying there. Face down in a gigantic pile, a stack of plates, and on top is 10 pounds of mashed potatoes. They have a chocolate fountain. Do they really? Yeah, put your dick in there. (laughs) Somebody has, I'm sure. Terry? 
Terry in the back. That would be a good Wagon business, Hog though. in the chocolate fountain. Hey, Terry's at it again, folks. It would be, be a good business. You start a company that does assisted suicides. When you want me ready to die, we'll just take you to Golden Corral. Mm-hmm. We'll just wait outside for you. You ever see those videos of, like, factory farming where the cows are just, like, shoved together and walking through, like, tight spaces? Yes. That's what a Golden Corral is like. Well, when seriously, when you go in, <laughs> no, this is, like, the shocking part. Is like, when you're entering that place and leaving, there's a fucking line. Yeah. There's a line of people waiting it's to get in and crowd control man fucking go at it yeah it is crowd control you're right you can't let all those people loose in there that's a disaster waiting to happen there's yeah. gonna be slips falls and i'm not talking like a five person line i'm talking like yeah, it's out the door trader joe's new york city right. line you let everybody in the moment those fresh chicken uh tenders come out you got a mad rush you're right you got it you got it yeah and plus you want to build up a little uh buzz there's I'll- another line to get in <laughs> Also, so they have the bouncer outside. <laughs> have you guys said this before? It's also like the only place where you can see an entire like family line. Yeah. It's like the great grandparents yeah. all the way down to the great grandchildren. Everybody at Golden Corral is either 85 or four. <laughs> there is no in between. It's people who are literally like on their third heart or just like the most bright, fresh faced cherubic child who is just being introduced to heart disease. To endless mac and cheese. Yeah. Welcome what? to hell, bud. One time I went to a golden corral that was attached to a gas station. Uh, Why? It's a low moment in my life. It, in its in its own way, it is a gas station. It is a perfect place. I mean, those yeah, are, where where I fuel up mm-hmm. in more ways than one, for sure. Hey, anyway, this episode uh, pre pre sponsored by Golden Corral. Yeehaw! Uh, oh. I knew you were gonna yeehaw to Golden Corral. Yeehaw! This guy's always yeehawing. Oh yeah, that's right. We haven't even started this chapter. Can you please read? I was about uh, to say, let's stop there. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be opposed, but let's jump in. The sky in Claire's neighborhood was overcast and the air was cold. Outside of the cones beneath the streetlights, the night was very dark. All was surprisingly quiet. Reginald sensed a mood of waiting and of watching. He walked down the steps to the street and looked back at the house. I gotta say, man, Johnny B. Truant's writing has gotten a lot better from book to book. Johnny B. Truant has been flawless since day one, you son of a bitch. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. I get a little defensive about my uh, my man JBT. He walked down the steps to the street, then looked back at the house. Claire looked at him from a window. A woman, two houses down, was doing the same. Several ground floor windows on houses along the street were boarded, but had lights on upstairs. Either people had moved into boarded houses and not bothered to clear the windows, or citizens were bunking in. Reginald did a quick mental scan of the vampire-related news stories he'd read and seen over the past few weeks, and cross-referenced them with maps from an atlas he'd memorized. Ooh, seems like a waste of time in a world with cell phones. So vampire problems have crossed over into the real world. Humans are hunkering down and trying to protect themselves. Is that what I'm gathering? No one wants to be <laughs> yesterday's lunch. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Unless they seal up the little hole with the vampire blood, which is a cool trick, by the way. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that, that rule. That's yeah. a good rule. They must have the gooeyest blood. So these people, so like the trick is you don't kill them. You just kind of keep them around as a, almost a, a snack that regenerates itself. Yeah, think about it like a big gulp. You can just never get rid of those That's things. true. You can always walk back into the 7-Eleven fill it right back up. It's true. Big gulps are truly never ending. He looked at the boarded windows and was reminded of those old time movie monsters and the way villagers in those movies would hole up and lay quiet when there was something dark that haunted them during the nights. He got a distinct mental picture that was almost certainly more cinema than reality. Humans bunkered and cowering inside of their boarded homes with vampires circling outside, tapping on the windows from dusk until dawn. Rap a tap tap. Hello. Tony blood. (laughs) 
taunting them, unable to enter. But it was all fantasy, it was too overt for now. But who knows what the next year will bring? Reginald walked a few minutes down the shady <laughs> didn't know we were thinking this far out. <laughs> We're taking it on a day-by-day basis in this emergency situation. Reginald walked a few minutes down the shady neighborhood street to where Claire had described, a dark throughway that connected two well-lit streets. He was supposed to turn where there was an array of construction pylons and a sign advertising open sewer. Mm. <laughs> Come and get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Who is the, uh, who, which uh, PR company nabbed that open sewer contract? Acme. <laughs> Our finest open sewer. Yeah. Now, how do we sell it? In the middle of the... Always con- wanted to look inside the sewer. Well, guess what? We opened her up. This one's open, folks. Smell what's in here. It's yours. <laughs> if you live around here. If not, it's theirs. In the middle of the construction barricades was a hole in the concrete with jagged edges. A hole yawned beyond it, leading into a deep and bottomless darkness. It looked like the street had either caved in or been crushed. He found himself wondering how carefully you had to secure a site like this. Would neighborhood kids try to climb down into a dark, smelly sewer? I mean, I did. Bunch times. Slept down there. Lived down there for a couple years, even. Kids get into all sorts of fun. Yeah, yeah and they turn into Ninja Turtles. Even better. I was thinking about the kids from It. Ooh. They go down that sewer, and boy, they come back different. Mm. As Ninja Turtles, I believe. I remember my mixing my references up. No, those were actually turtles that turned into... Wait, what are you saying? I wasn't listening to anything. Oh, Ninja Turtles are turtles that turned into men. But Splinter was a man that turned into a rat. <laughs> Frankly, the most confusing part no, of Ninja Turtles. No, he was a rat that turned into no. a rat man. Uh, well, he got like fused with, with like a karate master, right? Am I wrong? You know more about this than I do. No, you're you're actually wrong. He was a <laughs> he was a rat who has like hung out at like a dojo and learned all the moves from a karate master. And then he happened to be in the sewer when they got the radioactive stuff. <laughs> but I'm sorry. You're right. He learned the karate moves That's prior right. now, to being yeah. turned now, into a man. Now I'm remembering that scene in the movie where it's just like a small puppet rat doing yeah. karate. Yeah. <laughs> this is absurd. I never really understood the the canon that the Ninja Turtles were just turtles that were then turned into larger turtles when they have such human characteristics. Why well, they're do mutants. They, but they're mutant. They, but they it would make so much more sense if they were humans that were turned into turtles. Because they have the whole human personality and language and they like pizza. The turtles aspect just seems kind of like a cosmetic change. Why would young turtles that were turned into men would be disgusting pooping all over the place? I believe in the comics. I do think that Splinter was a, was a human. I could be wrong. God, but I'm proof the Splinter. What do we need? Let's prove it. Somebody Google it. We're going to Google it in the break. We'll be back. Okay, we, we, we don't know still. Reginald turned to look into the alley. It was a straight shot, and the sign on the store from which Victoria was apparently coming now was how's visible. That, how's that spelled? Was visible from where Reginald was standing. The pass-through was wide, but still technically an alley. The backs of buildings bordered in on both sides. Reginald could see dumpsters and discarded shipping pallets. His vampire eyes could read the writing on stacked boxes as far away as they were, even in the dark. Good for him. That's a good power. That's a cool, Yeah, I don't remember that power. Is this... Oh, they mentioned some new powers. You think these are some... These are some new powers that he's gaining. Yeah, I think he leveled up and <clears throat> boosted his eye stats. He did, yeah. He memorized an atlas. That seems just like a waste of time. But hey, maybe that's... Uh, <clears throat> that's what people used to do. So when you live 2,000 years, I guess you got all the time in the world. Who cares? Fuck it, I'll memorize this atlas. You never read an atlas as a kid? Oh, for I'm, fun? I'm not a kid. He's an adult, fat man. <laughs> in the modern, or, in when the you were world. a child, you never sure, read an atlas? Sure, I looked at an atlas every now and then so I could see, I don't know, I-95 or whatever. I, my what? atlases were all just very local. What about Encarta 95? Not really uh, an atlas. What, you mean like the encyclopedia thing? Yes. Oh, well, I would go in there and type bad words like boobies. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wanted. I still play the. I totally did the same thing. I wanted the definitions. Oh, I remember we had some kind of like yeah, in Carter or something like that, like the really old Windows ninety five encyclopedia, and I was just typing in like boobies and penis, (laughs) like all this shit. I was just like, what do these mean? And then I I realized that it had kind of like a browser. It had a history, and I couldn't couldn't clear it. It was just all these little bad words I wrote, and I was like, oh, my parents are going to log into the encyclopedia and see that I've been searching for uh, naked ass, naked butthole and stuff like that and then i was like well how do i uh, no, i meant naked mole rat naked yeah. mole rat yeah sure that's what a normal <laughs> my favorite animal so. mama <laughs> so then i was like well how do i so i figured out that to get rid of them i would just search for a bunch more things and just push them way down the list so i was like franklin roosevelt uh <laughs> harry truman uh, the model, penis, t- penis, penis. The model T, and I was like, each time penis and like balls was like going down farther in the list, so you wouldn't be able to see it. I was like, they won't scroll past all this to get down to the penises. And as far as I know, I was never found out. What would they even say to you? <laughs> That's the thing is, like, in retrospect, as an adult, it's like, what would you even do if you saw that a kid searched that stuff? You'd be like, ah, okay. <laughs> like, when nobody would pull me aside and be like, why are you typing penises now, son? into Encarta 95? <laughs> son, you have to just say that out loud. Don't type it. Like, who cares? Yeah, it's probably a good thing that I was curious. I want to know what these things are. I mean, I know what penis was because that's an obvious one. But like, so I just wanted to like, what are people saying about it? <laughs> that was my interest. I was like, I think I know what a penis is, but what's the official word? <laughs> Tell me more. Anyway. No, I did the same thing. We also had these weird like medical journals. Oh. And I would look up like anatomy. Yeah. And some of them had drawings. And yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I definitely remember like you mean of naked people or no, of, like, of their like, internal organs or what? Like the there was like drawings of like a penis and like a oh, vagina. Yeah, that's true. I feel like the nineties was the golden age for drawings of genitalia in books. <laughs> <laughs> I saw and like when you're growing up that and you go to like the sex ed, it's always just like with these illustrations. It's like who drew this? I remember being Who's like drawing this penis. I remember <laughs> thinking, what is a scrotum? Yeah, <laughs> a vast difference. I say, like honestly, the vast difference is a thing that has lasted with everybody the most. I feel like I've, sure. I've never heard more about it. Still after don't the first know time. what it is. <laughs> it's, Couldn't tell you. It's the first time I heard about it. It stuck with me. I was like, damn, that's in there. All right. Nobody's talked to me about it since. Nobody's ever like, how's the, the vast deference doing today? Fine, I guess. Feels the same as it always has. Now I know what to call it. Let's stop there. Uh, all right. I guess that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Fat Vampire is, uh, well, it seems he's gaining some powers. Seems that there's some sort of vampire emergency that the, the humans know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the war has started. The war, well, it started. And which side are you on? Human. I'm a human. No, vampires. What? Why not? We had our time. I guess that's true. It's their time. You're right. All right. I'm with you. Let's go vampires. Fat vampire. 75% coming up right now. All righty. We're going to read more of the book this time instead of have me talk about my interest in penises as a boy. Ganesh, let's... Uh, Let's let's dive in to the 75% mark of Fat Vampire 3, All You Can Eat. Chapter 12, Cops. Mm. I, I have no comment. Go on. No, it's just an episode of the TV show. Oh, I love that. And it's the transcript. I honestly wouldn't be opposed <laughs> to doing that. Actually, Cops is kind of depressing. It's aged poorly. Yeah. As a, When you're growing up, I don't know. Well, I guess you're growing up, you don't really know. But 
That's true. It was a fun show. It was fun to watch cops, and now I'm like, oh, these guys are just smoking weed. <laughs> or like, yeah. he just this guy just found copper wire on the side of the street. Now I got to watch him get chased. Who cares? Let him be. Let him be. Let him take the copper wire. Let him drive drunk. <laughs> that no wait, that, don't do that. That's bad. Reginald Nicky made it. As far as the lobby before encountering four men with drawn weapons, Mickey had unbuttoned her shirt and extra two buttons to lubricate the conversation, something Reginald had told her not to do because she was bound to embarrass herself. Damn, Reginald. Sexist. Reggie's like, leave it to me. He unbuttons his blouse. Oh, impressive. Nikki was effortless, effortless, effortlessly. It's like a revving lawnmower. Nikki was... uh, Nikki give was it a little effortlessly. Give it a little effort. Effort. Are you okay? Are you having a stroke? Do we need to call the police? Uh, you smell toast? Effortlessly sexy, meaning that she was sexy at all times, other than when she was trying to be. Why define it? I get it. So when she arrived in the lobby, she leaned on a door frame, arched her back, and pushed her chest out. She- <laughs> Ooh, sexy. <laughs> Love when people puff that chest out. She licked her lips and made a comment about how the office party had gotten hot enough to call firemen. Realizing her mistake, she corrected herself by saying, I mean, hot enough to call policemen. No, firemen made more sense. Oh, no, just like the AC repair guy. (laughs) That's who that was. Well, I don't know why he put handcuffs on me. But then slapped herself on the forehead because that was stupid and didn't make sense. Doi! (laughs) The sudden... The sudden movement caused one of the policemen to shoot her. Oh, whoa. Hey, Sounds true. very realistic. That is, uh, unfortunately, what I think of when I think of Johnny B. Truant really just like knows how to write the it, real man. world. He gets it. The policeman who shot her was a plain clothes detective. Oh, not even in uniform? How was I supposed to know you were going to shoot me? He how was, plain were his clothes? We're talking like dockers and like a Izod shirt. That's true. Does a plain clothes officer have to, can I, could they put a little flare on it? Could they put on, uh, you know. A pair of Yeezys or something? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Some ripped jeans, a little, uh, you know, hot pink satin shirt. Does it have to be plain? I want a little, I want a little something with my plain clothes officer. A little personality. He was a tall man. But a weak man. <laughs> with gray hair at the temples. Shane? In a movie. Oh, man, yep. Wow. Re- me. Reminding Shane of his own mortality. In a movie, his character would be killed one day before retirement, but the detective apparently knew about and was determined to avoid the cliche through any means necessary. So he never retired. <laughs> after shooting Nikki, he yelled at her to get down on the ground. Something... <laughs> Usually they go down after I shoot. Something pain had mostly caused her to do already. Nikki seemed to find this treatment unfair, but Reginald could understand where the cops were coming from. Sexy or not, Nikki was covered head to toe with blood. And when I see somebody bloody, I think we got to put this guy down. I say, I think, where's the hose? Let's help him out. They don't want that all over him. No. It's embarrassing. Yeah, cops should have a hose like the fire department. Why don't they? You would think a hose would come in handy a lot for nearly any job, but the police definitely. Everybody should have a hose. We should just get rid of the police and double up the firemen. Yes. That's a great idea. That's true. Just turn the hose on people who are bad and they'll they'll uh they'll learn real quick. No, they'll start dancing and having fun. They're like, oh yeah, forget no, about it. I mean, maybe on low pressure for like a misdemeanor, but you see somebody out there committing a real crime, you pump that bad boy up to power washer levels. You blow them out of the sky. <laughs> I wanna blast this dude with uh with my hose. Don't murder. Yeah, you just spray them up against the wall. He's like, all right. <laughs> 
Like, if you got sprayed with a fire hose, you probably wouldn't do bad stuff again. You probably couldn't walk. It would hurt. Yeah. It would hurt. And you'd be feeling so fresh. You're like, well, I'm just going to go have a good day. Yeah, that's true. You do. Uh, it doubles as a shower, for sure. The police didn't seem to have noticed Reginald while they were busy subduing the hot, bloody brunette with the exposed bra. Oh. Ooh. He started to back away, but then one of the uniformed cops saw the message written on the elevator in blood. Reginald locked eyes with the cops and raised his hands, but the cops shot him in the face anyway. Oh, <laughs> Reggie! I mean, sometimes you got him. Oh, well, vampires, they can't get killed by bullets, right? No, but do they get injured? Like, if you shoot a vampire dead square in the face, does it leave a mark? I think they might heal like Wolverine. Do they? Well, I so know the, for a fact they grow hair. He could just put a whole mess of hair there. Yeah, big hairball. Yeah. <laughs> and my face is gone. I might as well just grow it out. So if the bullet goes through him, it's not like Superman would just, it would just bounce off. No, I think it went into his head. Let's hear more. Let's see what happens. You guys all need to work on your impulse control. He's still talking. Said Reginald from the floor. The bullet had knocked him down and ripped open the back of his throat. <laughs> okay. Ouch. Yikes! You're gonna need that closed up. But fortunately, he still wasn't feeling pain. Stand down, yelled the detective, as if he hadn't fired one of the shots himself. Reginald couldn't see the detective because he'd spun as he'd fallen. But the voice Reginald heard suggested that the speaker was snarling. Oh, do it again. Take that Take that one from the top. Stand down! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah! 10 out of 10 snarl from the snarlster. <laughs> Imagining the snarl, Reginald realized he had already concocted a whole imaginary backstory for the detective. He was a seasoned pro. Sounds a little bit like you. Who did everything by the books, but he had been saddled with a loose cannon of a partner in his final days on the force. He liked his coffee with two packets of equal and a spoonful of that shitty powdered creamer. Ugh. That's the worst. I need half and half. Stat. Boo you. What do you drink? Oat milk, baby. Get out of here with your oat milk garbage, you hippie. I drink, I drink unpasteurized. We know. Milk. Everyone knows you love your cow's milk. I do. I uh, can't get enough. I have a deal with a guy. He gives me the chunky stuff straight from the cow. I don't mess with this modern bullshit. It's two percent, too thin. You hate Louis Pasteur. I do. I spit on his grave. He had a boat named Sea Whisperer. A toe nudged Reginald. He turned. Ugh. Then came up onto his knees. A weapon was pointed at his face. Are they going to shoot him again in the face? Reginald looked past the gun and saw that the three other cops were occupied. Damn, how many other cops are in this joint? This seems like... Did they roll up in a clown car? This is the paddy wagons here. Seems like an all hands on deck kind of situation for the police. I guess they are vampires. You gotta, I mean, I'd certainly want the police to be shooting them in the head. One was looking uneasily at the only human message on the elevator. They say they have their own court system, right? It's like, you've opted out of our court system, so you're done. One was peeking past Reginald into what had to look like a carnival of horrors. Horrors. Who was? And the detective hey, was. Hey, don't! Oh, push! And the detective was still covering Nikki. It's fine, Reginald told the cop. You missed me. The cop's mouth was hanging open. Uh-huh. His gun was shaking. Slowly, Reginald reached up and ran two fingers along his cheek. Why, you're the fattest vampire I ever saw. They oh, came Reggie. away. Stroking his cheek. I know, but the cop is oh. 
Everybody's in disbelief at how okay. big this beefy boy is. They came away bright red. Then he looked over his shoulder and saw a huge blossom of what used to be his blood and brains. Oh, that's where I put those. <laughs> Reginald sighed and looked the cop in the eyes. All right, we'll do this the easy way, he said. Holster your weapon. The cop shrugged and slid his gun into its holster. The detective looked over. He seemed alarmed until Reginald met his eyes and said, That sounds like a good idea. Let's all put down our weapons and talk this out. Damn, what? Is he using Jedi mind tricks? Vampires have mind control. Damn. Oh, God. Damn. Let's retire the day. Let's retire the damn. We're never taking that damn away from me. Pride out of my cold damn hands. The detective blinked. Hands. Hands. Oh, dear. But with an H. Hands. The detective blinked at him and pursed his lips thoughtfully. (laughs) That sounds like a, hey, that sounds like a great idea. did a chef's kiss. Thoughtful, thoughtful chef's kiss. Let's all put down our weapons and talk this out, he said. Then he flicked the safety on the side of his own gun and put it away. Yeah, I just uh, locked this guy up right there. <laughs> <laughs> Shoots in his pants pocket. Oh, boy. Oh, yikes. One of the two remaining men looked from the detective to Reginald to the blood splatter behind him to the elevators and then repeated the circuit. The eyes of the last man became locked in Reginald's gaze. A moment later, he holstered his weapon and said to the still unglamored cop. Now, glamoring is when you that's when you use your little mind tricks. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. 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 I've always loved you. The final policeman looked at the other three, incredulous. There was a moment of tense indecision. Then he looked at Reginald, seemed to relax, and put his own gun away. Rough night, huh? Said Reginald, standing up. He looked over at Nikki, who, fully healed, walked over to sit on the lobby bench. Damn, I guess they do have Wolverine powers. Didn't know. Did you wink at me? Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, stop there. The knowing wink. I'm impressed with you. Reggie's okay. a real hero. He really worked his way out of that situation. Worked the room. Now, is he going to bite them and turn them into vampires, or is he just going to let them go? He's going to have to take a couple nibbles, right? I mean, he I mean well. he's probably a hungry guy. You could just, like, get a syringe and take blood out and drink that, as opposed to giving him vampire disease, right? That's like eating a pixie stick when you want to have a chocolate cake. Well, that's actually a great point. Okay, that makes sense to me. You want to <laughs> jump ahead now to the last page? A Fat Vampire 3? Yes! Oh, gross. Fat Vampire 3, all you can eat. Let's wrap it up. They'd spend much of the day using their cell phones to call people who needed to know their predicament. They do have cell phones. I'd love to just get on the cell phone and call people that need to know. They have unlimited minutes, vampires, you would think, with that many uh, days to live. 
Good is that one. how they do it? Unlimited for life? <laughs> so it's yeah, it's on? based on like how long you're going to live. Okay. That's what I thought. The list was very small. Maurice called his wife and a few friends. Reginald called his mother and Nikki called her sister. All three of them throughout the day tried to call Claire's house in the hospital where her mother was still convalescing, but they got nowhere. Victoria was asleep and twice the person they spoke to said that there was no little girl around to hand the phone to. The one time a nurse reported that there was a girl in the room. Said girl told the nurse that she didn't want to talk. Ouch. Iced. A little fresh. She blames me. She blames all of us, said Nikki. But it bothered all three of them because both Claire and Victoria made obvious targets for the council's ire. Oh, dear. So Claire got offed by the council. Is that what I'm hearing? Political hit. Ouch. All they could do was to hope that the nation wasn't too distracted as it disintegrated. Yeah, that's not distracting at all. To think of revenge or tidying up loose ends. Who knew way back when, when... The old fat guy at the uh, treadmill store turned into a vampire that by the third book, society has disintegrated under the weight of the vampire. Uh, we haven't threat. even touched any of the angels stuff. Maybe the angels are doing the disintegrating. Are the angels the strippers? Ooh, could be. metaphor. A little, uh, maybe. Johnny? B? Druid? Hit us up, Johnny. Let us know if we're wrong. They certainly hadn't tidied up the council, which, by the way, would make a nice stationary target. Should attack be in Reginald's plans? For the moment, attack very much wasn't in any of their plans. It was over. The council was falling apart. The entire nation was out of control. And the vampires of at least the United States were free to kill and kill and kill. <laughs> Whoa, all right. Until they had righted the balance enough to please the imagined whim of their creators. Damn, I don't like the sounds of this. Now that's the angels. Vampire is uh, he's a bad boy. At least we can watch the action unfold on Fang Book, said Nikki. Get the fuck out of here with that Fang Book. So what? There's like a vampire Zuckerberg. And yeah, it's the- it's Zuckerberg. <laughs> he does look like a bloodless uh, person. Boy, that sucks. I mean, I really don't want to slander Truant, but Fang Book. What's yeah, wrong with that? It's just why. So, like, it's directly a play on Facebook because there's no other reason to call it that. So, first of all, no originality in this vampire entrepreneur who has created a social media site for the Vampire Society. Just, well, come on. It should be something like, uh, I don't know, like Fang, but with like a four instead of an A or like Fanger, like F-A-N-G-R. That's too difficult. No, it's Fang book. People get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. And... They can't be sued because they're playing by their own rules. That's true. They got their own law. Yeah, the vampire courts are very uh, weak on copyright enforcement trademarks. Yeah. If you come after them, they'll just bleed you dry, you know? Oh, yeah. Love it. She'd been trying to get at the network all day from her phone, but there was no data coverage in the basement. And vote! said Maurice. I personally am planning to vote against everything Charles mentions just to be a dick. <laughs> Charles Barkley is still sparring with is, these. <laughs> is Charles Barkley like the bad guy in this? I think I, he's he was like, like the head of the council. Yeah, I don't know if it's really if he's a bad guy. He's just kind of like, yeah, he's the powers that be. He's the man. You know what I'm saying? You get it? I get it. Okay. About that, said Reginald. You said that you were worried that they wouldn't have a leader, but they will have a leader and it won't be good. It's Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, he would be a great leader. That's Charles Barkley's kryptonite right there. Uh, I'd figure that out. They were on the same team for a little bit. A little bit, said little Maurice. A little bit. Little bit. Not a lot of bit. It'll be Charles, said Reginald. Not when he got his ring. No. I've changed my mind. I'm going back and I'm going to go back and tell them that it's cool to just wander aimlessly without direction. Charles famously has no rings. 
Yeah. Which is a little unusual for a vampire. Vampires seem like they'd have a number of rings on, but Charles, no, no. Get me my Coke back, said Reginald. He'd left an open can in the council room and had been complaining all day about being thirsty. I took him more as like a Pepsi guy, just from like the whole vibe. Yeah, I did too, actually. Who, wait, who said that? Maurice said this? Reginald. Reginald. Oh, Reginald said this. Oh, Pepsi, sure, but RC Cola, maybe? Oh, no. I mean, if we're talking basic. If it's available. If we're talking basic colas, Reggie's definitely a Pepsi man. But I think if you give him his, uh, if he had his druthers, he'd uh, perhaps be drinking a Sunkist or perhaps uh, a Jones. You know a, what? A variant of a Mountain Dew. I bet Reggie gets down on Diet Dr. Pepper. Well, one thing, and this should be the most obvious thing of all, Shane, is when you cannot lose weight as a vampire, you got to go for that full flavor. Okay, he's a full-bodied a Dr. Full Pepper guy. guy. You guys don't know this about me, but I really like don't care about Dr. Pepper at all. What? <laughs> I'm rethinking everything I thought about you. I just don't care for it. Do you dislike it? No, but it's never anything I would ever have ever you again. You would never have life. a Dr. Pepper in no, your life? In your life? Never. I would literally choose anything else. DP was one of my faves when I was a kid. Sam, <laughs> dude. Oh. I know. You guys oh. both love it. I, it's, I don't, I, I wouldn't say, I, it's not my favorite, but like, it's, it's not definitely favorite, up either. there for me. Like, I went through phases. I, I like, like, like Pib better. I went, personally. uh... Let's move beyond that. I think when I was a kid, I had a, a good pib. You know, a pib extra. Well, now, I mean, that's the only pib there is, which is also don't even get me started on that. Mr. Pib has been bastardized in a pib extra. There's no basic pib. It's only extras. Get out of here. Give me a classic <laughs> Dr. Pepper. I went through a heavy Dr. Pepper phase. Then I was like, I'm going to branch out. I'm going to try the Mountain Dew. Ooh, I got so hard into Mountain Dew when I was in high school. <laughs> God. Let me tell you, I was doing the do way too much. I was like the classic Mountain Dew kid, you know, like yeah. just yeah. You had ha- really, really long hair. Yeah, I was just yeah. I was wearing uh, like skater shoes. I was uh, got my Jinkos. Listening to Blink One Eighty Two. Little decap for cutie T-shirt. Only on. thing I was missing was my puka shell necklace. <laughs> but I did the do hard, and G- then I graduated. Did you, have a, did you have a guitar pick around your neck? No, I had it in my finger playing playing my six string. Uh, I. <laughs> Then I graduated. I went to college and I thought, do is for boys. I'm a man now. I know what you drank in college. Oh, I will. Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. It's very much the most like mid 2000s item you could ever have. The milky Sobe. 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 I did get down on some Sobe. Sobe every day, baby. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I kind of miss it. It's so hard to find Sobe now. There was a flavor of Sobe that was so freaking good. The pink one? Yes. It was the best one. The milky pink Sobe. That shit was, I couldn't do the milky In a fucking glass bottle. Yeah, it's like a Pepto-Bismol. Man, what happened to Sobe? Bring it back. Now they have a Sobe life water, which is trash. Don't even want that. So then after I got through my Sobe phase... Let me tell you, <laughs> I left Virginia, I moved, I branched out, and do I, stop him? Do I, I just, hit a hardcore right into Joe T. I found Joe T in the in the in the cabinets at the uh, the bodega, took a sip. I was in another world. Yeah, Joe T is really, really good. It's delicious. Anyway, let's finish the book, I guess. I see your Joe T over there, Ganesh, and I am. What's better, uh-huh. Joe T or Snapple? Hands off my Joe T. Joe T. Joe T. Snapple is fine, but Jones in for my Joe. Yo, banana Snapple is great. Um, mucho mango or whatever it's called. Mango madness. I don't know why. Is it I just me or does <laughs> Snapple just not taste as good out of a plastic bottle? Yeah, I really love the heft of the glass bottle. I could have chucked it at somebody's head if I needed to. Now these things bounce off of foreheads like nothing. You can squish them. It's weird. I don't care for it. 
but you know, you can tell you're in a weird bodega when you hit the glass bottles. You're like, how long you had these bad boys? <laughs> <laughs> these are not a, uh, these are a little dusty, my friend. They were all sitting on the floor in a triangle, all of their legs pointing at roughly the same spot in the middle of the floor. They had decided to get up and move to a different hiding spot, but nobody knew where that might be. Inertia was currently winning a hard fought battle with sensibility. It had been an exhausting night. We need to go, said Maurice. Where? said Nikki. Somewhere I can get a Coke, said Reginald. Nobody yeah, got up. The man loves his Coke. I don't know where to hide, said Reginald. I don't know what to do about all this killing. I don't know what to do about the Vampire Nation, the Council, or Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what to do with Charles <laughs> What can Barkley? you do? He's a vampire and he's like six foot eight. Where are they and hiding? And a gambler. I feel like Reggie's hiding in the barrel. Yeah. You know, like in those old cartoons. I, th- I can see that. And he's in a barrel and he pokes his little feet out and He scampers. walks around with it like it's his clothes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe Charles Barkley will get assassinated by those he serves, <laughs> said Maurice. <laughs> that is like what this podcast is about. Sentences like that are where I want to be. I was talking about the basketball player, said Reginald. So was I, said Maurice. <laughs> it's him. Confirmed. Confirmed. It's Chuck. Reginald kicked a rock. It skittered across the floor and into a corner. He really did want a Coke. I don't know what to do about Claire, said Nikki. Nikki had become very possessive of Claire since becoming a vampire. She'd never have children in the literal sense. And Reginald suspected that Claire was her way of reconciling the conflict she seemed to feel about it. Reginald stood up. I want a Coke, so I'm overcoming my sloth and I'm ready to go. All right, Reg. Maurice stood up, nodded, and said, Is the Pepsi okay? <laughs> I want a crate. Nikki reluctantly dragged herself off the floor, then brushed at her clothing to free it of dust. She looked at Maurice. You don't like human food, she said. No, no. No, no. No. No, 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 no. Uh, but I like the idea of crepes. I like a culture that makes crepes. And I, on a totally unrelated topic, I thought of a good place for us to hide. Reginald took a deep breath, clearing his mind should he require his concentration during their exit. They wouldn't be able to take the car. One of the others would have to carry him and they'd have to run all the way back to the airport. Take the back roads, driver, said Reginald after he had hopped up onto Maurice's back in the alley. Like an oversized piggyback rider, Nikki looked over at the pair and laughed out loud. After the night and day they had had, it was, a, it was good to hear her laugh. But head for the terminal, not your buddy's cargo hangar, said Reginald. I want a Coke. The three vampires vanished into two blurring lines, exhausted but with at least a destination in mind, content to forget the world. For at least a little while. Damn, that's it? Shit. Fat so vampire. That took place Great. in an airport, that last scene, I guess. You say he wants to go to the Whatever. terminal, not the hangar. I'm just picturing that scene in Garden State with when that Fru-Fru song comes on. Yeah, that's the music that's playing behind this end scene of Fat Vampire. Yeah, because he's giving a little piggyback let ride. Let go, let go. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, uh, it's about time we bring back the Garden State soundtrack. Might as well be for Fat Vampire 3 and the movie that we're about to cast. Who is playing Fat Vampire? I don't remember who we picked for uh, in the past episodes. Yeah, me neither. Probably someone like John Goodman, if I had to guess. Oh. Too easy. Also too old. Too He's, old. I'm imagining Fat Vampire is a younger man. Maybe uh, the fat guy from... <laughs> This is us. Yeah, he's, there he's you hot. go. He's hot. In the he's hot. Place. He's got the, uh, you, know. you know, his agents talking. Yeah. He's got the obvious qualities that you look for in uh, the titular character. What about Andy Circus in a mocap? Oh, dear. Okay. I could see it. King Kong style. 
He can do it all. He can do it all. Um, who plays Maurice? Well, he's 2,000 years old, right? Sure, but so he it's looks gotta be great. Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's free. Um, now, who are we going with for Claire, was it? Do we do we meet her, really? Nikki is the one we know more. Claire's dead, though, right? Or am I wrong? Uh, something, something bad happened, happened to Claire. Claire. All right, Nikki, we know more. I'm, I'm saying, for some reason, I had a real clear image of this. It was Natasha Leone. Oh, yeah? I like that. I don't That's know why. pretty cool. I don't know why. She'd bring a little pizzazz to, a little life yeah. to, oh. to the role. Come on. Wow, fellows. Oh, okay. Um, are there more characters? It's a um, couple cops, a detective. The cops. Who can play the cops? I don't know. I don't know. That. Andy Serkis and a mocap. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it could be uh, the crash test dummies from those 90s commercials. Whoa. Yeah. I would love to see them as the cops. Limbs Actually, flying. no. Let's do one better. How about just the band, the crash test dummies? Okay. Mm. It's enough of them to What's make What's their that. song? Mm. Well, there was a boy. That's how it goes. Um, so I think we should end the episode now, right? Is that it? That's the whole thing. Hey, thanks for listening. Thank you to Morris Reese for our music. Thank you to Chris Linguist for our artwork. You can find us brand new. We got a new Patreon out there, folks. If you want two bonus episodes a month, hit up AMZN Book Club on Patreon and subscribe. You'll get our uh, two episodes. You'll get access to the chat room where we are there to uh, take your abuse. And you might even get some more surprises later down the line. Otherwise, you can find us at bookclubpodcast.com, AMZN Book Club on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can give us a call at 567-309-0357. I've given up on learning the number. I'll never learn it, and I'll never call it. Okay, that's the end. Bye. I love you. Bye.